This is a podcast from meow.net. Meow! Common Practice, a monthly podcast about the things people do. Things to do with creativity, collaboration, cultural democracy, and the commons. Hello and welcome to Common Practice. My name's Owen Kelly. And today we're going to return to a topic we've already covered in a previous episode. In episode 17, which was released on June the 24th, 2022, I talked with Helga Bart and Dushika Drajish, who are two members of the WP Zimmer Collective in Antwerp. Now, according to their website, the Antwerp-based group WP Zimmer is an international workspace for the arts with a focus on performance, dance, and hybrid artistic practices. The organization revolves around the needs of the artists, their desires to research or create, and the development of their skills and practices. In June, they held a festival, an event, called uh, Topoi 2022. And that's what we talked about. We talked about what was planned for that and how it was going to work. During the Topoi themselves, uh, a number of artists recorded conversations with each other about what was happening and what they were up to. And we have those archived, and we'll be releasing those as part of this podcast. So in this podcast, I'm looking back with a group of three of the participants at what actually happened at Topoi 22 and what they got up to. So first of all, I'd just like to say we were going to be joined by four artists, but one of them has had technical problems, Anna, and she's not with us at the moment, but she does appear on two of the recorded conversations. So her opinions and her voice will be heard during the bundle of podcasts that we'll be dropping around this topic. So let's start then by asking the three people that are here, one by one, to just say who you are and a little bit about yourself in general before we come on to talk about Topos. So let's start with Stanislav. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, uh, uh, yes, my name is Stanislav Shuripa. I am um, an artist. Uh, um, my practice varies in media and uh, subjects. Um, I also do some writing uh, related to the um, problematics of contemporary art and culture. And I, I also um, do um, teaching quite extensively lately. Uh, um, but besides all that, and... Um, Speaking of what uh, was my uh, role in the topi, uh, I'm part of the group which is called uh, Agency of Singular Investigations. Uh, we have two most active members of uh, the group, which is uh, I myself and Anna Titova, who was um, unfortunately not able uh, because of technical problems to join us today. Uh, and our group, uh, Agency of Singular Investigations, or um, ASI, um, is um, 
kind of um, artistic or you can say para-artistic entity which um, works with the um, experimentation in artistic research. Um, in like uh, we're attempting to widening the borders of what can be artistic research and uh, what, what we are interested in especially is the idea of documentality or uh, I could say expanded documentality um, um, all of our works they um, have the uh, form of research um, about some documents often these are found documents uh, and in um, our research we um, the its specific uh, kind of characteristic is that we don't distinguish between uh, the um, so-called real documents and fiction so uh, th- uh, this is kind of the platform for our experimentation with how far documentality can uh, can be stretched so that it still would be documental uh where is the border between the so-called facts and so-called fiction and so on and um, uh, mostly our work uh, uh, the uh, our agency uh, it exists since 2014 uh, uh, which is also i think uh it um it is meaningful uh, date for us because um, uh, in early 2014, uh, when uh, annexation of Crimea by Russia has happened, uh, we, we realized that basically the world has changed drastically and we uh, have to invent some uh, new response to this new reality. So uh, we consider our work all uh, the work of our agency as a response to this uh, kind of new and uh, gloomier world that um, at least we as um, Russian artists have to have to witness and live through. Uh, but uh, and eventually our works are often they take form of um, installations with quite a lot of textual materials. To, uh, to to read uh, some doc- documentary photographs and uh, like in, uh, infographics and so on. So um, there, there is also a um, performative dimension in it, uh, but the, the, this dimension is, uh, we, we see our like performative aspects of our practice as a continuation of our exhibition practice. So, uh, what what we do with the movements of our bodies or movements of the bodies of the viewers is inscribed into the um, uh, exhibited narrative unfolded in space. So I, I, I think that perhaps the shortest way to define our practice would be that it's a kind of literature which writes itself in the space. Okay, thank you, Stanislav. Ahil, do you want to say a little about yourself, who you are and what you do? Yeah, uh, so my name is Ahilan Ratnamohan and I am originally from Australia, but my parents come from Sri Lanka. Uh, but I am now living in Antwerp in Belgium, actually just around the corner from Wipe Zimmer. I am a performance maker, but actually I have a background as a, an, as an aspiring professional footballer and I would also say that another thing that heavily informs my practice is uh, obsession and obsession with learning languages. 
and these two uh, kind of topics or backgrounds are kind of quite important in my practice. Uh, so I first started making performance uh, looking at football as a culture and and as a physical kind of source of uh, choreographic inspiration. And so the first projects which I made actually were collaborations with other footballers in which we would attempt to, you know, use these different uh, cultural practices or, uh, uh, sorry, um, losing the word here, cultural practice or rich rituals from football, as well as the, the movements to try to create performances which were, you know, like quite contemporary in most natures, but drew inspiration from football. And these kind of collaborations like resulted in longer, longer term uh, like uh, performance collectives where we, we started to also branch out and just make political theater, which had nothing to do with football. Uh, the name of that particular collective was the Starboy or is the Starboy collective who I still kind of make um, shows with till today. And so the other thing which I talked about was uh, language and this, this active language learning uh, another, the other part of my practice is this uh, exploration of language learning. Uh, I kind of refer to this as an exploration of the performativity of language learning and language learning as performance. In this practice, I, I'm really interested in how we can regard that act of learning a new language as this kind of performative act, uh, how the qualities which a language learner has when speaking, uh, for example, bad pronunciation, uh, incorrect grammar, words, uh, incorrect word structure, uh, sorry, sentence structures, how these can actually, instead of being regarded as um, non-qualities or, uh, or like bad things, how we can regard these as a sort of texture and how that can inform a performance. So the last few years, I've been doing a number of performances revolving around uh, like actual acts of learning a language on stage in front of people or exploring people's relationship to the mother tongue in regards to the new language and how, uh, for example, uh, one project, Pigeon X, we, we, we spoke with people and we asked them which words they miss from their mother tongue when they're speaking Dutch because this was in Dutch language contexts. And then we proceeded to ask them about their grammatical complaints. So what are their complaints about the, the grammar of Dutch? What would they change if they could? And then we started to come together with all of these people and to make grammatical changes to the, to the language and to also then slowly, slowly introduce these missed words from the mother tongue, uh, whereby we eventually arrived at a kind of new pigeon uh, Dutch or uh, pigeon, whichever city it was being made in. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I'm up to. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, Sinisa, if, if I said your name correctly, apologies if I didn't. Yes, you said it correctly. So uh, uh, my name is Sinisa, yes, and uh, I'm uh, based in Belgrade and coming from Belgrade originally. And uh, my uh, official educational background is in fine arts. So I'm a, let's say, like a visual artist. I studied painting and drawing, like in very old tradition school here in uh, Belgrade. And uh, basically, visual art is the visual art is the main field that I'm uh, using for my artistic uh, expression. So I do all kinds of um, things, from drawings and paintings to installations and videos. 
but also uh, I quite often uh, work as a stage designer or let's say a person who is designing the space for the performance for different uh, projects, including my own, but also in the, in some kind of um, theater productions. And actually it brought me also to thinking of how art can be made collectively and what are the written or unwritten rules or constellations of ways how people can work uh, together in this collective mode in the institutional frame but also uh, outside of it and so-called those independent art scenes or independently or in their own uh, lives and times or how they how, however they feel it uh, i also was one of the members of the artistic theory and artistic platform working theory that worked here in belgrade and uh, internationally for some uh, 17 years from early 2000 until 2017 or 16 and actually we were a kind of uh, i mean we were a group of people from different artistic and theoretical backgrounds uh, trying to see, see the connections between art and theory and different also modes of uh, uh, collective working and uh, learning things unlearning things and like uh, learning them uh, and deconstructing them and making them uh, somehow together again. So I think, um, and in 2019, I was a co-curator with two of my colleagues of uh, uh, of uh, Serbian exhibition at the Prague Quadriennial of space design and uh, theater and space design. And uh, then we invited several artists to work together on a collective piece. And one of them was Dushica Dražić from Lepe Timer. And uh, actually this was maybe the, um, it was like uh, one let's say, semester of collective uh, working on the topics of how the cultural politics influence our conditions of work and how actually the cultural politics designed the art scene. Uh, and actually uh, during that period, like maybe some, I don't know, around 10 people were, was, were working together. And then we had like, uh, this project has it uh, as a result, uh, it has the collective uh, installation with the audio and textual material and objects and so on. But in a way, uh, I mean, uh, this is the piece that somehow puts Dushit and me together again after, after like sometime we knew each other, but actually uh, it was maybe something that, uh, was interesting uh, for her from 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 my practice to invite me to participate in this uh, set of um, evening schools that were actually the main part or one of the most important parts of the Topoe project last year. Okay, thank you, Sunisa. You've actually neatly seeged into the next question I was going to ask everybody. I was going to ask everybody how you found yourself at the festival. But you've just answered that, and I think Ahel alluded to the fact that he is about 100 meters from Pepe Zimmer, and so that answers the question for him. So I think, Stanislav, how did you find yourself at Topoi 2022? 
Um, <clears throat> well, uh, f- for me and my f- for my colleague uh, Anna Titova, it was um, <clears throat> maybe um, uh, it was quite a long journey because um, it was, I think, the first time in last three years that we went out of the country where we uh, where, where we were based if, uh, out of Russia and out of Moscow uh, due to COVID and uh, all the stuff. So uh, it was also the moment when um, uh, our, our country has been started to be closing off and the fewer and fewer points where you can actually leave the country were working. So uh, we um, went out. It, it was quite um, uh, <clears throat> fabulous, I would say, uh, our trip uh, without planes to for, from Moscow to St. Petersburg, from St. Petersburg to the border of Estonia. Then we went through Estonian border and then um, we moved further on to Antwerp, which was we, we had to cross several realities before we uh, entered the um, WP Zimmer. And um, in um, also in, in uh, the, the place itself where WP Zimmer is located is quite interesting because it's the center of like very multicultural uh, area uh, which um, lives its own life or many lives. Um, and, and then you have this kind of small institution which uh, where several artists would, would meet. So all together, first of all, it was, of course, um, a journey through several worlds, I would say, before we uh, we actually uh, found ourselves over there. And then it still was even more interesting to find, to to meet uh, other artists, uh, which is also... um, um, quite peculiar experience when when you uh, meet um, other artists whom you did not know before, uh, and um, I think that the exchange between us it went on various levels. I I cannot say that it is the ideal situation to like know the other artist practice. So uh, it's rather that we would um, show each other some level maybe of our practice. Uh, and on this level, uh, we would be looking for the um, possibilities to communicate, which created very interesting and stimulating situation. I think uh, also uh, an- another factor was this um, like theater space, the, the, the hall where we would meet in the mornings in like a relaxed atmosphere to discuss um, our ideas or to present some pieces of our practice to each other. And um, the, the space itself very much was formative for, um, for the spirit, for the atmosphere of our communication, because it's also not often, I think, that uh, people who work uh, in the field of contemporary art would meet uh, in the theater space. Uh, 
that there are like many differences between exhibition space, typical exhibition spaces in uh, the field of art and theater space. Uh, and these differences, the, some of them are visible, some of them are more subtle, but uh, it was interesting to see how they would define our talks. Okay, that's, that's interesting. And again, you've neatly anticipated my next question, which is, what did all of you do at the festival? What did you actually do on a daily basis while you were uh, working on Topoi 22? <laughs> we were all working individually, but the idea was to explore working individually, collectively, I think. So while we were kind of busy with our own explorations, we would also regularly meet up and kind of check in to see where we were going as a group, how the collective was moving forward. Uh, the other thing which kind of tied us together was that uh, there were these night, these these night evening schools, sorry, which were organized, which we were sometimes running, but were also sometimes run by external people, so people who weren't part of the program. And these kind of always gave us something to respond to. So we would often meet up after these or in the, in the next morning and discuss what we'd seen. And I, I, I always found these to be kind of the most interesting moments because you we were a collective of um, people coming from very different um, cultural backgrounds or geographical locations. And I think what always became apparent in these moments was how, how much art is uh, located in a certain zeitgeist and a certain uh, fashion based on various regions or cities and that when you come in contact with someone who's from Russia or from Serbia or from Poland on the border of Berlin that you will get very different reactions to what you are you yourself are used to kind of creating because you sometimes feel so trapped not even trapped you're, you're mindlessly connected to this scene which has its own tastes and um which kind of um you know continues to uh, perpetuate these tastes and I found that so refreshing to kind of come in contact with with the opinions of Stanislav or Anna or Sinisha or Zorka in this way uh, I I agree with everything that you said uh, guys and there is only one thing that maybe I can add uh, and it's like uh, connected with the context because what you Stanislav said it, it took place in the um, in the theater space and something that is inscribed in theater space is a space for rehearsal. So actually, we had our like uh, everyday rehearsal, let's say, of how we can spend time together and uh, and uh, like uh, exchange those other things, the knowledge and experiences. So we could work separately, but also we were there physically spending a lot of time in the same room, uh, rehearsing what are the possibilities of space and uh, our communication so how did it how did it work out so you spent some time some considerable time working individually together as it were separately and together uh, presumably engaged in cross-fertilizing ideas by presenting them to each other in half-completed forms or simply over overseeing or overhearing what other people were up to. So how did this actually work out as an experience for you? 
but uh, it doesn't have always to it, it's not necessarily always to have some kind of like a fixed result or some kind of conclusion so it worked well i could say like uh it was like uh, in a way it is very uh, rare nowadays that you can have like uh, uh, both space and time for such things because i think people are uh, like uh, working on like project based or uh, say they they have like a very limited time or space so in this way this was a kind of uh, like how do you say like caps capsule or something yeah capsule okay and actually for for us to try out all this so there is i i could i couldn't uh, give the answer to this question how it ended up or what what did we conclude there I think it worked good. Did you find that um, what you were doing changed direction or changed in its nature as a result of this process of not exactly collaborating but uh, working separately together? Did did this have an effect on the work you were doing, or or did it merely provide a, a, a supportive a supportive audience or a supportive set of uh, critical eyes and ears in other words do you think do you think what you did at the festival would have differed greatly if you'd all been placed in different rooms in different parts of antwerp um, obviously i think yeah, it, it seems to me that it would be quite different and uh, 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 how, how i feel it <clears throat> is uh, it was interesting experiment which is um, as uh Sinish also told uh, it's something which you don't necessarily encounter often in your personal practice because uh, in your personal artistic practice you're very much bound with projects with plannings like uh, basically you go uh, on your own track and then uh, somehow you find yourself in a situation where uh, um, you kind of uh, are off your um, beaten track and you are just um, encountered or like juxtaposed or I cannot find proper word uh, with uh, very different uh, very different practices <coughs> very different artists who are uh, not even uh, well uh, often when you meet other artists in the context of like let's say group exhibition that means you already in uh, your curator opinion or something you have some common denominator in this case you don't know if you have any common uh, denominator with anybody of your colleagues you have kind of a will to uh, to to exchange and to to be open and uh, in fact i i'm not sure if it really changed my attitude uh, or uh, to my practice or um, if it was supposed to change the attitude to our practice but what i what i feel is that um, it still gave a certain um, uh, certain uh, new opening because um, <clears throat> what uh, you, you can also describe what happened in um, Topos 3 in, in this um, three and something weeks. It was um, just like um, layering, uh, stacking of 
various ideas, various images, thoughts that all the artists uh, would bring up. Sometimes the stacking would be um, accidental. Sometimes you would feel some rhythms or like systematics in this, like basically bundling of uh, of ideas, phrases, feelings, and uh, and images altogether. Uh, something uh, I don't know, unexpectedly or not, something quite similar. Uh, wide audience could sense this summer in the framework of an um, exhibition of documenta in Kassel because um, the um, curate curating group of that exhibition uh, decided to bring the um, notion, they, they basically imported the main, uh, cura- their main curatorial uh, principle from the practice of Indonesian peasants. Uh, th- they have this word lumbung, which is basically stacking, if I use this word correctly, or like just bundling of your harvest in the central kind of square of the village. It, it is something similar to what we did uh, also in uh, Antwerp with, um, of course, with some differences. So this principle of like um, connecting individuality and groupness and collectivity, uh, um, like when uh, singular remains singular and multiple remains multiple, but they kind of coexist. I think it's uh, it has potential, um, not necessarily influencing our practices immediately, but of thinking how it can be unfolded, reconnected to various contexts, and so on. So uh, it, it was kind of strangely innovative, I would say, because it, it did not feel like immediately innovative. But once you dive into this uh, rhythm of like going out uh, in the morning to the theater hall with a cup of coffee, like talking about something, maybe you didn't even wake up um, properly, but you find yourself already talking and exchanging ideas. Um, this also kind of uh, remixing of uh, leisure time and work um, is, I think, quite relevant experience. One thing I noticed before we started recording, um, we, we, spe- you were, we were here a long time before we started recording because we were hoping that Anna would uh, be able to connect to us. And so one of the things that was happening was that the three of you were talking to each other and it was obvious to me as a as a uh, somebody listening into the conversation that you've maintained some kind of relationship and interest in each other's work that i presume wasn't there before you met so it, it even in that sense it was obvious to me that there has been some kind of long-term effect insofar as you still maintain an interest in each other's work and the direction of that work is that a fair comment that's a that's a funny one because I think uh, we haven't had so much contact since. But what I find quite beautiful, like in that conversation beforehand, is that somehow we are linked regardless. Like, you know, Sinisha was saying how he knows someone who's working with someone who I know, and this person was in Brussels and couldn't come to the sh- uh, presentation which I did last week. And then, so I think all of these connections continue to go. I still have some contact with Zorka occasionally just little messages here and there. And then 
I guess also because of the global situation and being so close to like seeing how Stanislav and Anna and Sheva, they had their son there as well, who my daughters then would play with. And so, and my daughters still remember Sheva very fondly. So there's some, so, and, and then hearing about the travel they, which they made to get to, to Belgium, which at the time and, and still till today feels so pertinent and so weighted, I guess that kind of increases the, the connection that we have um, perhaps more so than a normal situation, but I'm not sure what the others think. Yeah. Well, Shinus is nodding. I should, I should say here, <laughs> since we've only got <laughs> sound, I should point out, Shinus is vigorously nodding in response to that. <laughs> yeah. So I forgot that we are recording only the sound, but yes, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but this is interesting what you said, Owen, um, uh, if we would it be different if we would stay in our in like several apartments in Antwerpen instead of being in the in the theater room? Well, I think yes, because also like uh, this uh, newly introduced notion of isolation is still strong. So if we would stay in the separate apartments, maybe we would be only in those apartments, you know, <laughs> and have like online talk of ten minutes with uh, or fifteen minutes. So it's a different. It's it's uh, I think this. Um, I don't know if if the COVID is uh, gone, this isolation uh, uh, big thing uh, will be around for a while because it somehow uh, got connected with all other ways of our daytime uh, uh, daytime uh, how do you say how do you say it? like Navike um, like habits. So I think it, this was much uh, more okay, exciting, but also in the good in the good moment. This it was a good decision made in a good moment that we should like somehow decide to try to stop this this uh, isolation thing or self isolation. I mean, it's even worse. So <laughs> I, know, I mean, you know what what I'm talking about, yeah. And um, I also maybe wanted to say that uh, if, if this can sound. Uh, to general, but we did ha not to sound that we spend time just like that. We did have some exchanges of our practices, like so. We we we, we like talked about I don't know avant-garde poetry about this uh, football that Ahilan mentioned, or about the an anonymity. As I remember, Stanislav writes and and the uh, and the um, how you say it in English, like uh, re rebellion or something like that. So it was it was combination of this more structured time and uh, talk about art and this this uh, uh, this time that was uh, exploring our time together. Yeah. Okay, and I promised at the at the start of this that uh, we're going to make available all of the conversations that you recorded. Uh, and we're going to bundle these up and make them available via the website. And this podcast that we've recorded now is going to act as a kind of introduction to those because they provide a kind of deeper dive into the very various people's thought processes and give also give more direct examples of the interaction between different people as the conversations unfold in an informal way. So, I will place links to all of those on our website. And a final question to anybody who wishes to answer it. Is there anything else that we should know about Topoi 2022 that we haven't discussed thus far 
or have we covered everything that an audience needs to know to make sense of it? Make sense of it. A difficult and vague question. Yeah, this question is not easy to to answer in a couple of words. But I think that uh, such uh, such events, such practices of like this group residences where um, very um, different artists are meet suddenly and uh, um, uh, <clears throat> create some connections also. Uh, I think that there, there is some personal connections between all of the members, which was uh, felt when we met on the screens. Now we were like glad to see each other. and uh, But besides that, it's, I think, interesting beginning, which should... Uh, should be explored more, like this um, sudden meetings between um, kind of artistic minds that exist in their own universes. I, I would be glad to see at some point the development uh, of this idea uh, of just like colliding artistic universes, co colliding, intersecting, interlacing, and then, um, yeah, uh, leaving these experiences some like common thing. Thank you, Stanislav. Uh, unless anybody, uh, either of the other two, have anything you desperately want to say before we close, <laughs> I, I, will, I will bring the conversation to a close now. And thank you very much. And... Uh, it's been really interesting. I think the conversations themselves the, the, that we've bundled together are, in a sense, more revealing than any single conversation could be. So thank you all for participating in those two. And this will go out soon. And thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Owen, for this talk. And um, thank you, guys, for the, uh, another nice conversation. And um, we um, we meet again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Right. We will meet again. Thank you. Now that you've heard the podcast, you can go to the website to find out more details, including references and links. The website's at meow.net. That's M-I-A-A-W dot net. See you there.